Good morning. Uh, for those new to Life Community Church, uh, I'm Brian Matheny, and I'm going to be continuing the series, Everything I Know About Christmas, I Learned at the Movies. And this week, we're going to be talking about joy. Tom talked about peace last week. And it's kind of funny that we're talking about joy because you should have seen me yesterday. Let me just ask, I'm going to ask now, I'm not going to say a thing, how many people have seen the Star Wars movie? How many people have seen it multiple times already? <laughs> Excellent. I'm not there yet, but I will be. <laughs> I absolutely, I was a kid in a candy store. By the way, I'm wearing my Darth Vader socks. So, <laughs> well, I had to pull them out. I thought, you know, why, why not? I absolutely love this time of year, and I love this series that we're doing. Uh, I love Christmas. I know it drives people nuts about the, all the decorations going up too early. I had my Christmas tree up by the second week in November. It was my favorite time is when everything's decorated. And I love Christmas movies. I'm going to, now, after I just remember, I, I saw Star Wars. I'm kind of cool. You keep that in your mind as I tell you the next thing I am about to say, okay? I have already seen probably 20-plus Christmas movies this year, and most of them have been on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> I would like to say that my wife is responsible for this, but I would be lying I know, I know I have a problem. I know that there's multiple Hallmark stations. I, it's like I actually thought about having you guys try and quiz me on the movies, and I thought, wow, that's really pathetic. I won't do that. <laughs> so we were joking about this with our cell group, and uh, one of the guys in our cell group actually sent an email that I'm going to read to you, which I thought was hilarious. I'll save us all the pain of sitting through a Hallmark Christmas movie by giving you all the plot summary. One. A woman is dealing with some sort of insecurity related to work or family or relationships. Two, that woman meets a man whom she initially dislikes slash finds to be annoying and or condescending. Three, some convoluted Christmas-related problem slash plotline is introduced, forcing the two to spend time together. Four, while spending time together, the couple finds that they have feelings for each other and fall in love. Five. Together, they successfully resolve the convoluted Christmas-related problem slash plotline and live happily ever after the end. <laughs> so when I first read I'm like, come on, man. And then I, as I read it again, I said, okay, he's right. <laughs> that pretty much summarizes the majority of the holiday movies, uh, the Hallmark movies. They're pretty formulaic. But each and every year, millions of people watch them. Why? Because they make them feel good. They make people happy. Perhaps they give them hope of something that they're longing for, something that happened to them. People want to believe that all is right in the world. And Christmas time, we were constantly talking about joy and happiness and stuff. That is like they want to feel that. But also, going into the holiday season, that's pretty much, if you're anything like me, it's pretty much the opposite of what you're seeing on social media, 
in the news right now, people are hurting. There are globally disasters. We had hurricanes this year. We have the wildfires going on in California. People are losing their lives, their homes. We have the political climate where people can't get along. They're constantly blaming each other and arguing. And about every other day right now, there's a sexual harassment claim made against somebody. I know, personally, I have some good friends who the climate of what's going on in the world affects their outlook about everything. And right now, it's like, they are despondent. They are just, they're, they're not sure how, it's like, to the degree, they're not sure how they're going to keep on living. And there's some people, for Christmas time, it's just difficult. And this year's going to be difficult. Whether it's because of loss of loved ones, whether it's, like Tom mentioned last week, just family conflicts that they're not looking forward to, or that there's financial issues this time of year, where they're just trying to figure out how to make ends meet and pay the bills from month to month, much less by presents for their kids. We live in a world of hurting people. Christmas is a time for joy, but for one reason or another, people are struggling and feeling it. Have you been there? Are you there right now? Is that, when I describe that, and I do that, is that you right now? Well, we're going to watch a clip from one of my favorite Christmas movies. Not a Hallmark movie. <laughs> and not one that I've actually watched yet this year. But it's uh, The Santa Claus 2. And for those unfamiliar with the movie, Tim Allen plays Scott Calvin slash Santa Claus. And in this particular movie, uh, it, you know, there's always a clause in each one. The first one was the suit. You put on the suit, you have to become, you know, you're Santa. Second one is the Mrs. Claus. So he has to be, get married by Christmas or else he will no longer be Santa. So in the scene we're about to watch, one of the perspectives, you know, perspective women that he's, he's trying to date, find someone to marry him, uh, he's invited to go to her work party with him, and they're not feeling the, really feeling the Christmas spirit either. Let's watch.
I absolutely love that clip. So just quick question. Now this is for mostly for the older people here. How many people in that clip saw a toy that they previously owned, owned when they were a kid, played with? Me too. That's, that, I think that's one reason I love that clip. Every time I'm like, oh, I want those toys. <laughs> it made, it's like, hopefully it made you feel happy. I know that's how it makes me feel when I watched it. But what changed, so what changed those attitudes? Was it just getting a present? I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, we do love our stuff. Uh, it was interesting, I read one about uh, a statistic from Adobe Analytics, said U.S. retailers this year earned a record $7.9 billion on Black Friday. One day, $7.9 billion. I can't imagine that. Now, we love to get and give gifts. I mean, it's true. It's, we do love our stuff. But was it, I don't think that was the issue. Was it the nostalgia of it? I mean, like you said, it's like we love looking back and seeing things from Christmas's past or earlier childhood. But if you're, if you're like me, sometimes when I look at that, I'm like, did they, were they experiencing true joy? Or was it, were they just happy? Now, some people say happiness and joy are they the same thing. And um, when I look at that, it's like, I can see where people will come across that. And, but at the same time, I think there are some very significant differences between the two. I think they're very tied, they're closely tied together. I think that they are uh, intertwined and often used synonymously with each other. But let's start by looking at what is happiness. Now, happiness is different for every person. What makes me happy, my Hallmark movies and trees, then which, by the way, my, the, uh, my wife at our cell group party the other night said, if I had a dollar for every time Brian mentions Hallmark during the Christmas season, she's like, I'm pretty sure I could pay off the house. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with her there. But anyway... Uh, so happiness is different for every person. So what makes you happy could be very different. If you listen, like, uh, if you listen to Charles Schultz, happiness is a warm puppy. Happiness is hot chocolate. Think she has enough marshmallows there? Happiness is a warm blanket, Charlie Brown. And for you parents out there, specifically, happiness is peace and quiet. I love my kids, and I love spending time with them. We're sitting over, two of them sitting over there. But some of my favorite times sometimes is when they go to bed. But happiness, that happiness, the, the things we just showed up there, is often dependent upon external factors. It's dependent upon things, people, events, stuff happening to us. But it's just temporary. 
Those are just temporary. Eventually, like with peace and quiet, the kids are going to wake up. Eventually, if they're gone, they will come home. So what is, what is joy? Well, joy, on the other hand, is an attitude of the heart and spirit. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of joy is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, joy, Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Joy is a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. Joy is not dependent on your circumstances. Sometimes when you're studying Scripture, take a look at... Uh, the life of the Apostle Paul. Routinely, he talks about having joy in in the midst of his struggles, when he's in the middle of it. He talks about having joy when he's in jail. It's like he's being tortured, you know, with threat of death. But he talks of being joyful in his suffering. Philippians 4, 12, and 13 I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And James, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So we talked about difference with happiness and joy, even as far as just the time it takes, and type of things, but happiness is not present in darkness. Because happiness is, I mean, they're both feelings, but with happiness, you're happy, you're either happy you're angry, you're sad. But joy, you can be sorrowful, you can be sad and still have joy and still be joyful. Joy can share its space with other emotions. And to illustrate this point, we're going to watch another clip. Now, Remember, the title is Everything I Know About Christmas We Learned at the Movies. Now, it didn't say that they were all going to be Christmas, they had to be Christmas movies, per se. And anybody who knows me also knows as much as I love Christmas movies and I love Star Wars, I also love Disney. And so the next clip we're going to be watching is from movie Inside Out. And so for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, basically the whole idea behind it is that we all have 
emotions that kind of control how we act. And they are portrayed by these little people that are running around inside of our head. Now, the favorite one for me is anger. You know, he just like, it, it cracks me up because he's just, you know, re he reacts to everything. And uh, we actually went on a cruise, a, Dis a Disney cruise, a few years back. And it was over Halloween. I, you know, when it was originally scheduled to be over Halloween, I didn't really think of a thing about it. But, of course, my wife said, oh, this is a great opportunity for all of us to dress up. Well, that was around the time Inside Out had been out. And so we all got dressed up. <clears throat> my, it's like, and, of course, I was, it's like, it was like for gun conclusion. We sat down and we said, okay, who's going to be who? And my kids were like, Dad's anger. I started chuckling. I said, okay, well, he is my favorite character, but I'm not really sure that's a good thing that you volunteered me that fast. But uh, my youngest one, uh, Charlotte, originally she's like, oh, I want to be sadness. But the problem is she's constantly bouncing around every which way and running around. They're like, no, you're joy. And uh, so but what's interesting, so the, so the movie, a good chunk of it, like, Joy doesn't understand sadness. Joy wants the main character, Riley, to just be happy all the time. Everyone wants that, right? You want to be happy all the time. Well, the scene we're about to watch, basically, at this point, Joy's been through, and sadness have been through a lot together, and Joy's made a realiza realization.
When Riley takes that breath there at the end, my heart melts. Have any of you been in a situation like that where you are just holding somebody who's been through a tough time and they are just, or going through a tough time and they're just sobbing? And they finally get to the point where they just relax. It's just they're spent. They feel, it's like, have you been that person on the other side? Well, that last release, that things like that, there is a, it's like doing that, it's like, there's a joy in that, of feeling safe, secure, valued at that moment. Joy enters in and meets us where we're at <clears throat> in the middle of our tough times. Okay, so just watching that, which I love, and I am going, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to try and I'll get through it best I can. Uh, just listen to my voice now at the moment. It means there's probably a good chance I'll cry. <laughs> but I want to tell you a time when... God met me where I was at. Two years ago, this fall, my mother-in-law, Monica's mom, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. The stage four wasn't treatable at that point. It was just we were going to give her just medicine to just try and make her comfortable as much as possible. And so... Unfortunately, it's like you're trying to give medicine that takes away the pain and tries to make it feel as comfortable. See, it's like so you can spend as much time as you can with them, but the medicine makes them tired, and they'll fall and they fall asleep. So a lot of times, the lucid moments—I mean, when they're lucid and awake and things like that—you just you grasp onto those. But a lot of times, when they're asleep and laying there, you want to be because you don't know how much time you're gonna have anyway. You just want to be with them. So there was one point, it was just me. Uh, it's like uh, Monica's sister and kids were doing something else. I think Monica was in the, going to take a shower and stuff, and I was just in there. My mother-in-law was asleep, and I was just leaning on her bed, and I was praying. My mother-in-law had heard all about Jesus growing up, and... Uh, it was she'd had some points where she had been diagnosed with breast cancer one other time in her life, and she had really asked Monica, said, I want, please pray for me, because your God heals. 
It's like she was, she was Hindu, so they had a lot of gods. And, but she saw a difference in Jesus. Monica would sit there and had some great moments reading her scripture the last few weeks. And it's like, her, it's like you could just tell her mom was just tracking. And so I was sitting there with just me in her mom's bed. And I had, and I was just, had my head down on her bed, and I was just praying to God. And I was saying, God, I love her so. And I really desire to spend, to, for her to be with you. And I really desire someday t- to see her again. So please, please help her to know you and her as her heart. My mother-in-law was out. I'd been praying, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this hand reaches out and touches my head. And I look up and I look at my mother-in-law, and she looks at me. She said, "Son, I want you to know something. I'm going to be just fine. I'm going to be all right. You don't need to worry about me." You want to talk about joy meeting you where you're at? I was crying. I, it's like, and then, I mean, she says that. 30 seconds later, she's out cold. I walked in. I told Monica, I'm like, I feel like God just directly spoke to me. I feel like God just gave me the one, it's like, an answer to my prayer right there and in the midst of my sadness and heartbreak at losing my mother-in-law, he gave me joy in knowing that she would be with him. And I am, I, I, I am confident that I will see her again. And, that, and I, I hold on to that. That has meant the world to me. Okay. <laughs> Trying to pull back together. Sorry. I'm gonna wipe my nose. So, in the midst of that sadness, in the midst of my sadness, God met me where I was at. But there's going to be all kinds of lives, things that are going to go on in your world right now. You could be in the middle of it right now. It could be stuff that you're going to be going through. And what, is it, what will it look like? What does it look like for us to have that joy that God can give in the midst of our suffering? As How do we get out of the whole Hallmark movie mentality where we're talking about the happiness that comes around, the things we experience, to the type of joy that transcends our circumstances? 
So I want to bring us back just a minute to the clip that we watched earlier, the Santa Claus. So we had all the gifts, the laughing, the toys, and stuff like that. But there was something in there that I think that a lot of times that I miss when I watch that because I'm too busy laughing about it. And I was talking to my wife about it, and she brought this up. Is I think one thing that you saw the reaction that it joy from them when they got these toys, though, was because they felt known. You know, that guy was like, toss across. I didn't tell anybody. How did they know? You know, how'd they know? Who is like, and he's just reacting. It's like, because to him, he's like, who took the time to know me well enough to get me something that I, so, that I wanted this much? How'd they know? Or, like, what would it look like if, for someone to give you something that you didn't know that you needed? But just that, that excitement that you get, you, you have. Well, honestly, that's what Christmas is about. God knew us well enough in our depravity, in our brokenness, in our sin. He knew what we needed. Christmas is God's rescue plan for us. God knew that we needed a Savior. God wanted to be with us. He wanted to spend eternity with us. So he sent Jesus. Here's someone else to tell you about that. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Don't tell me, Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the fields, Keeping watch over the flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord came round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I mean, we tell you with great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you who is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. I love that clip. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. First step in experiencing true, long-lasting joy is accepting and is acknowledging and accepting the gift that God gave us in Jesus. We picture this time of year, this baby, we celebrate this baby born in a manger. 
But that baby was born with the end game in mind. That baby came to die. That baby came to grow up and die on the cross for our sins. He loved, he loved us that much. Next step in experiencing true joy, too, is understanding it's not something that we can produce. <clears throat> Sorry, we can produce on our own. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in his book, uh, Surprised by Joy, says that joy's very existence presupposes that you desire not it, but something other and outer. If by any perverse ascesis or the use of any drug it could be produced from within, it would, be at once, it would at once be seen to be of no value. Joy can't be manufactured. We have to look beyond ourselves. And joy, but, but at the same time, joy or ways to try and obtain joy, it's like cannot be the object of that pursuit. Same way with Tom, what Tom talked about last week with peace. The, it's like peace and joy are both byproducts of the Spirit, are both byproducts of the giver. God gives peace. God gives joy. Next week, Tom's going to be talking about hope. God gives hope. Our focus needs to be on pursuing Christ. We pursue Christ. Christ will give us joy. And again, there's different things, views on this, but one additional step, one last step I feel like that really stops a lot of us from experiencing joy in our lives is Acceptance. <clears throat> Hear me out. It's like, first, accepting who you are. We're all image bearers of Christ, okay? You look in the mirror, it's like, you are an image bearer of Christ. God made you uniquely the way you are with the gifts he did, with the gifts he gave you. It's like, he didn't make you, you know, to be... Bill Gates. He didn't make you to be, you know, Billy Graham. He made you as you are. That was not a mistake. Okay, because I, it's like, I know sometimes I wish, oh, I wish I could do that. Oh, I wish I had that. It's like, when I am looking at what, doesn't mean you don't have dreams. It doesn't mean you don't pursue it. But when you are constantly wishing you had somebody else's life, how are you experiencing joy in your own? You are where God wants you right now. Again, you know, I, you know you don't play the what-if game. Don't play the what if I'd gone to this college, what if I'd gone to this career, what if I had this... It's like, you want to experience joy in life right now? Just say, okay, be present. Don't be there. Be present where you are. 
And okay, and hear me, hear me say this here, and then I'm going to give a confession when I tell you this one, because understand this, ready? You are not God. You are not perfect. The struggle with sin is real. It sometimes sin in your life is because of actions you directly did. There's constantly things you drive down the road that are tempting you. We're, we're surrounded by sin. You are going to stumble. But God still loves you. Know that. There is nothing you can do that you are beyond his reach. Okay? You need to grasp that. Now, I'm just going to tell you, the confession here is I struggle with joy. I do. That's why it's funny. It was very ironic when I was asked to preach on it. Because in... When I, when I talked about that last one, too, there's a lot of stuff with being, with joy, with peace, joy, hope, a lot of that. It's like those, embracing those, a lot of those brings contentment and stuff, too. I've not always been a very content person. I struggle with that. When it comes, it's like being joyful. It's like I am a perfectionist in so many things. And... Whereas you can talk to me about stuff going on in your life and things like that, and I, will, and I would like to think that I will cut you all the grace in the world. But I am lousy about giving that to myself. And when I beat myself up about sins in my life and stuff like that, how can I keep, continue to beat myself up and tell, keep telling myself that I need to be better at things when God's not doing that? How am I going to experiencing how am I going to experience joy when I don't believe I deserve it? Well, if I believe what if I believe that I am made in God's image, if I believe that I am it's like a you know, so if I am an image bearer of him, if I have put my faith and he has made in him and he has made me a new creation, then and God loves me no matter what, then I am worth it. When I get focused on, when I'm not feeling that, it's because I'm focused on me, I'm focused on sin, I'm focused on things outside of who God is. About who. And when those moments when I have experienced true joy in my life are moments that, you know, my eyes haven't been on myself, my circumstances, my things, are the times when my eyes we're looking at him. When my focus, when my focus is elsewhere, outside of myself, my focus is strictly on Jesus and saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust that even though my life feels out of control right now and that I have no idea what to do, I am going to just keep plowing forward and keep my eyes on you. Though that God has given me that joy in the midst of sorrow, of struggle. That true joy that lasts and perseveres through that hardship can only, only come from that relationship with God. Now, don't get me wrong. People who don't know Christ can still have peace. They can still have joy in some capacity. But will that joy withstand the trials 
where it, where's their foundation? If the joy is from God, it can't be taken from you. And constantly, as I mentioned, the enemy's constantly going to be trying to take your joy and steal that from you and make you feel beaten down. But, your joy, but God-given joy is not of things of this world. So I just, encourage, I just encourage you to keep your focus, to just focus on him. If you do not know God as your Lord and Savior, and you're feeling so broken and out of sorts, and you just, it's like, talk to someone. We would love to just talk to you about Jesus. Just, and even if you don't, you don't want to talk to someone, talk to him. Go, go home. Drive, talk to him in the car. God wants to hear from you, wants to hear from us all. So as you go out this Christmas season, it's like, and you are, if you still have your shopping to do, if you're like me and you still have some last-minute shopping to do between now and Christmas, um, and even though and it's like, even though it's supposed to be a joyful time of year and everybody's nicer, you know, there's times in the mall that it gets a little crazy. When you're looking and walking around and you see these people and you stuff like that, know that there are people around you struggling. And even in the midst of it, um, it's what I've been trying, it's like what I want to do this week even, is to sit there and it's like, just pray for people as you're walking through that mall. Pray for them that they will come to know Jesus and that I want to pray that I will be joyful, that God will allow me to be joyful this week and that God will give me his joy and that other people will, be, will see that in me and uh, be attracted to it. So in closing, we'll close with this verse. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to just... Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this season. We celebrate that you sent Jesus down here because you loved us so much. And that the joy that Jesus brings is offered to all people. Lord, I, there's a lot of people in this room, excuse me, and I, I just assume there, it's like, there are people in here that are broken. Lord, can I just ask you to meet them where they're at right now? Help them to know that if they feel that they may feel the weight of the world is on their shoulders right now, but help them to know that they are not alone, that you love them. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you will meet them where they are at this week. Um, Bring alongside others uh, to them to help them to just bear those burdens with them. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that as for those who don't know you, that uh, as people come to know you, that they will know a joy that passes all understanding that they have yet to experience. And Lord, I pray that for all of us who 
are blessed enough to call you our Lord and Savior, that you will just uh, give us a new set of eyes this week, even as we uh, see this world, as we see all the things going on in it, just and help us to keep our eyes set on you. Help us to see other people as just your creations and help other people as they look at us to see someone filled with joy who, and want to know what makes us different so that we can point them to you. Again, Lord, just uh, thank you for loving us so much and just help us to take you out with us today. We love you. Amen.